Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. Amen and amen. Very good morning, everybody. It's good to see you all here today. It's very exciting. This is my first time here in Lobothal since the official start. So I've visited a few times when you met somewhere else, but it's good to be in Lobothal itself. And it's also quite encouraging. Many of you would know my face. I know many of your faces. It's good to see you all. It's quite exciting. Um, yeah, so I walked in and it felt like family, which is lovely, isn't it? Like, yeah. There's some people I don't know. Um, so I'm Leona. I'm one of the pastors at Hills Baptist. I'm mostly in Verdun, at the Verdun campus. That's what we call home and yeah but it's a privilege to go around and to be at all the different hills campus like yeah locations or whatever you want to call it right and to be a part of it all to to see what god is doing in each location um and it's just exciting when i walked in here this morning i it really took me back eight years i must say um when we first started the little hampton church plant and that's what it felt like and i pray my deepest prayer is that the doors will be wide open here right it's i feel like this is such a beautiful place as well of people to feel comfortable or making family, put the roots down very deep right now, have a core team of a deep, deep root down, but widen your doors up and love every single person walking into the stores. We are really here to see this church grow, to see God's church grow, to see what he's doing in this world, and it's exciting to be a part of it. Amen? So this is the last Sunday today that we are in Missions May. I just need to make this angle. That's really annoying me. Sorry, Simon. I told him before that I'm not as nervous about speaking as I am about these things on stage. <laughs> yeah, that's better. Thank you. Just looked right in my face. That is great. All right. Um, we are the last Sunday of Missions May, and you had different people come here to preach, different organizations that were introduced um, of those organizations we are supporting, missionary stories we've heard, um, the sermon series we talked about, the people of God's mission, the power of God's mission, the posture of God's mission, and today we are talking about the purpose of God's mission. And I'm very excited, I don't know about you, but I felt so stretched by even just thinking about it and praying through it of what is the purpose of God's mission. I don't know about you, maybe it certainly happened to me before where I was in moments in my life where I thought about, God, what is the purpose of my life? What is the purpose and what do you want to do with me in my life? I certainly had quite a number of young adults come up to me over the last years and they ask exactly this question. They would say, Leona, I'm just, can you pray with me? I just don't know the purpose of my life. What is the purpose what does God want me to do? But today we talk about it. We talk about God's purpose in this world. We talk about his purpose and mission. We talk about why he even created this world. Who is this? So we're going to wrestle with a few big questions. And I invite you to wrestle through it with me, to concentrate. It's a very teachy sermon today. It's probably the most teachy sermon I preached, I must say. And, but I'm so excited about it because our God is big, amen? And he's got a purpose. And he's got a purpose for your life. And he has got a purpose for this world. So this is a book that's called the Bible. 
And this book has 39 books in the Old Testament and 27 books in the New Testament. And about 40 different authors put this book together. And the Spirit of God breathed on it and made it come alive. This is a holy book. This is God's book. This is a book about his story. And it is a book about his mission. His mission here on earth. And I believe it is vitally important for us to get to know this overarching view of this Bible, of this book, of his mission. To understand what you and my purpose is in this world. What is he doing? And what are we doing? And what, are, what is... What should we do? What is the aim for us to even be here? This goes deep. And I pray right now, and let's just pray that our hearts will be wide open to receive. Jesus, I pray that as we now wrestle with your purpose and mission and your purpose in our lives, Lord, that our hearts would be open to listen to the prompting of your spirit now, Jesus. I pray that you would speak to us. And I pray that we wouldn't be sitting here right now and be not open to change or not open to just ask the deeper questions in life, Jesus. But that we would be open to be challenged by you, Lord. Not more and not less, Lord Jesus. So I pray your blessing over each of us. Amen. So we're going to look at this topic. We're going to look at four big W's today. We're going to look at the why, the what, the where, and the when. Why did God create this world? What is God's mission? Where does it leave us? Where does it leave you and I? And when is it going to be fulfilled? So why did God create this world? God did not create this world out of any weakness or out of any deficiency. God created this world out of a completeness, an absolute fullness, a strength, and a complete sufficiency. Our God was 100% complete within himself. He was 100% satisfied within his Trinitarian union. He didn't need anything else. He was 100% complete. This is something that goes pretty deep. And the more you think about it and you wrestle with Trinitarian theology, the more you understand that you do not understand. Because our God is completely beyond us. So he didn't need us. He didn't need anything. He was fulfilled, love, holy, eternal. And that also means that everything he created has to come from him but therefore cannot add anything anymore to his character. Nothing. He is complete. This is our God. So why then did he create this world? I give you the answer now and then we talk about it. This is my opinion. My opinion is he created this world for us, for you, to be in relationship with him and to declare his glory. That's why he created this world. He is a relational God, and everything he created in this world, he created to declare his glory. And there's lots of beautiful scriptures in the Bible. First Chronicles 29, 11. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Psalm 19.1, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Isaiah 
I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. Isaiah 43.7. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. So this is why God created this world. And let me repeat it again. Our Lord was 100% satisfied within himself. We are not believing in a narcissistic God up on earth, up in the sky, who created lots of little human beings running around and shouting hallelujah, amen, glory, glory, glory to your name for him to feel better or to fill his cup. This is not why he created. Our worship here right now is pleasing to him and amen and so it should be. But it is not like that we are filling his satisfaction. This is not the God we believe in. It's a bit different to us, isn't it? When we are running low, our cups need to be filled. This is not our Lord. So why did God create then? Because he wanted you. He wanted you. He wanted you to be in a relationship with him. He wanted you to get to know him. And he wanted you to declare his glory. The second W is, what is God's mission? And in order to understand this, we need to look at the Latin concept of Missio Dei. And Missio Dei pretty much means that it's God's mission to bring order, to renew, and to restore his creation and our relationship back to him, which will declare his glory. Missio Dei says that it is God's mission, his mission, and God has initiated his mission, and God is also the one who will complete his mission. You can't fill the room here in Lobethal. He can. You, you can speak to people and preach his name, but you can't make them believe. He can. Mishio Day, it is his mission. Mishio Day also talks about that, that we are invited to participate in his mission. We are all participants in this mission to bring the creation back to glorify his name. But before we come back to this, let's recap a tiny bit within world history and let's start from the beginning. Because I think it's quite important for us to grasp this understanding. So after God created this world and he placed Adam in the Garden of Eden, he said to Adam, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Fast forward, Eve was created, the serpent came, tempted Eve, Eve ate, Adam ate from that fruit, and this sin brought disorder into the beauty of God's creation in our relationship with him. A massive disorder. Cut. The fall had big, big consequences. The first consequence was that our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with God himself, had a spiritual separation. Massive. Absolutely massive. The second consequence was that, ju that judgment came on man and woman itself. God said, I will make your pain much worse to the woman. I will make your pain much worse in giving birth. You will give birth to children in pain. Yet your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. 
Then he said to Adam, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I told you, do not eat from it. The ground is cursed because of you. By hard work, you will eat from it all the days of your life. It will grow thorns and thistles for you. You will eat the plants of the field. You will eat bread by the sweat of your face because you of your hard work until you return to the ground because you were taken from the ground. You are dust and you return to dust. The earth itself faced massive consequences. What once was beautiful created now had thorns. The animal world suffered. They were now in a different relationship to human beings and even towards each other. They now started eating each other. Before that, it says that the animals actually ate plants. Change, lots of change. The Garden of Eden was no longer the habitat of humans. Sin had massive consequences in this world. So now you say, okay, what has this got to do with God's mission? And here's what I love. I love that none of it, none of it came as a surprise to our Lord. None of it. He knew this all along. Ephesians 1, 4 and 6 says, God chose us in him before the foundations of the world to the praise of the glory of his grace. And here's my understanding of it all. The fall is not a surprise to our God. It wasn't like he created and the fall happened. And he was like, oops, what happened now? Oh my goodness, what do I do? Our God is beyond all of it. He's all knowledgeable. He knows it all. And he had a plan from before the creation of this world, before the beginning. He had a mission. He had a mission, Mission Day. And God's mission from the beginning is to bring our relationship and everything back to him. That is his mission. And we can see this all the way throughout scripture from the very beginning. That God's heart was to bring all of his creation back to him. Genesis 12, 1 to 3. Now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse and in you all the families on earth shall be blessed. God tells Abraham to go and leave his country. Why? So he will be a blessing to all nations. That's what it said. God sent Abraham so to reconcile what was broken. He sent him so the perfect relationship could be reconciled again from the very beginning. God had a mission. And he said this straight after the fall. We could see this happening. And further in scripture, we can see the law says to Malachi, my name will be great among the nations from the rising of the sun to the setting of the sun. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to my name because my name will be great among the nations. Isaiah 56, 7 says that Israel will be called a house of prayer for all nations. God's heart was always to reach all nations and to reconcile everything back to him since the fall. He's always been on this mission. That's not a new thing. He knew this. And what happened next is something that none of us could fully grasp. God sent Jesus. God himself, 100% God and 100% humans and Jesus. And because of that moment on the cross, because of this moment, our, there, was a, there was a solution, like our relationship could be reconciled again with him. That moment on the cross 
was, was the solution of God's mission. He himself was the solution. The more you think about it, the bigger the cross is getting because it is crazy that the God of the universe himself was the solution for us to come back to him. And yet, this is what happened. And that moment on the cross was also the moment where his glory was presented in all its fullness here on earth. This was the moment. It says in Philippians 2, 9 and 11, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So looking at all of this, looking at all of what I just shared shows you that God is so beyond us that we can't grasp it. It shows you that he is in control of world's history. He is. And that his mission will be fulfilled. The day will come and his mission will be 100% complete. On the day when Jesus comes back, he will fulfill it. He will. This will happen. No matter you participate in this mission or not, this is the hard truth. God is beyond you. He wants you to participate in it, but he's not dependent on us. And I feel like this is something we all really have to learn. Mission your day. It is God's mission. It is God's mission to bring order, to renew, and to restore his creation in our relationship with him. The scripture, the Bible, is complete. Like we can't add any more to this. This is complete. But his story is continuing. And you and I are a part of it. We are a part of this story that continues. Until the day comes back when Jesus comes back. And this is so exciting. A quote attributed to Howard Sittner puts it this way. It isn't the church of God that has a mission in the world. It's the God of mission who has a church in the world. I just want to pause here quickly and just talk to a church plant. Because <laughs> I feel like in a, if you're planting a church, and some of us have done it already before, it is hard work. It can feel like a hard, hard slot. It can feel like there's lots on your shoulders to carry in all of us. Can I just encourage you, though, that in the midst of all this craziness and all this busyness and all what you feel and you probably have to carry a lot, that you will never forget that it is God's mission. And that if you do not come to him first and foremost and spend time with him, that all of this would be in vain here. Because you are not building his church. He is building his church. He is. So run to him and let God build his church here. Amen. So excited to see what's going to happen and what he will do. So the third big W is the question, where does it leave us? Where does it leave you and I? Quick recap, just so it's fresh in my mind before we talk about this. We learn that our God is 100% complete, 100% satisfied within his Trinitarian union and out of this completeness he created. Then the fall happened, spiritual separation happened, the fall had massive consequences and then God sent Jesus. We learned that the cross was not an accident, it wasn't a surprise to him, 
We also talked about that the cross was the moment where his glory was represented in all its fullness here on earth. And then we learned Monsieur Day, that it is his mission and not ours, and that we are invited to participate in his mission. So where does it leave us? Well, firstly, it involves personal salvation and being reconciled with God. You need to make a decision in your life if you believe in Jesus or not. You need to make a decision. Maybe you're sitting here and you've made a decision, but you've walked away a bit. Maybe you've never made the decision. Come and see the team here after. I would also love to pray for you and lead you through it later on after the service. I believe that it has to do, this personal salvation is a daily decision of us to come on our knees and to be like, you know what, God, this day is now for you. And what do you want me to do? To invite Jesus into our lives and to let him shape us. And if you made this decision, then go and spend time with God. Spend time with him. Don't just let him be like this, all right, I made this decision and now I live my life. Let him, he's a person, he's a personal God. He's a relational God. We are not believing in religion, we are believing in a person. So let this person shape your life. Be in relationship with him, not just on Sundays, but every single second that you are here on earth. It says in 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Jesus said in Matthew 5.16, let your light so shine among men that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is not a soft invitation. This is a lovingly firm command that in everything you do, you would bring glory to God. And hear me, we all fail. We all have our moments. We can all be grumpy on some days and better on other days, right? We are humans. But come to your Father. Be shaped by him. And pray that you would continue to be more and more like him. So you may be sitting here thinking, what is the purpose of my life? Now, exactly this. And whatever you do, in whatever you do, bring glory to his name. It also means to participate in this mission that it involves reaching others for Christ. Jesus himself has given us the following command, Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. God sent Abraham, God sent Jesus, and Jesus sends you. He sends you to go out and to make disciples. He sends you to go out and to use your life to tell others about his name. He sends you to tell others that God made a way, he himself made a way to reconcile creation back to him. This is good news. We are all called to go and to confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord. We need to speak about it. We need to actually tell others about it. 
And hear me out, not all of us are evangelists. Some people can stand in a supermarket, talk about milk, turn around, and the next sentence is Jesus, and it works easily. Others of us are struggling with this. We may be way more introverted. But the command doesn't change. The ask doesn't change. That God is asking all of us to go out and to tell other people about the name of Jesus. And I also believe that if you are in a really deep relationship with him, that you do want to tell others about him. Because it's way too radical, this truth, when it changes your life, that you cannot speak about it. It does something. It's his spirit who does something within you. But it involves a boldness as well from us to go out and to share his name. So I will pray a boldness over you that you would know that you can. Can I ask you, how are you going with that? How are you? And this is not a guilt question here right now. It's just a question. I heard a stats like just like two weeks ago, we had a discussion in the office and there was a... Um, Kind of, I think Nick Van Ruth said, he read, he read something that 80% of people between the age of 18 and 25 currently, listen to this, 80% would actually come to church if they had a personal limitation. We always think that our nation is not open to receive Jesus right now. The truth is that our generation from the age of 18 to 25 right now, they have been told so much rubbish, so much, so many lies of where they should base their life on, that they are just sick of it all, completely sick of it. They are willing to just hear the truth. 80% between the age of 18 and 25 would be willing to come and enter a church building if they had a personal invitation. Are we willing to go out and have the boldness to share his name and to invite other people to our church so they can hear? All of us are here, are called to go. Some of us are called to go and share it here in Lobethal, in the Adelaide Hills, in Adelaide, in South Australia, in Australia. And there may be some of us sitting here in the room who are potentially called to go to the other side of the world. I pray that you wouldn't just put a no in your mind very quickly right now within the first two seconds after I said the sentence, but that you would at least go home and pray and be open and ask God what he wants for your life. And how he wants to use you. But I also want to say, and again, the importance of the understanding that it is his mission and not ours. Because it can be a heavy burden to carry if you carry it on your personal shoulders. I had to learn this as well. I, when I was 20 years old, I moved to Africa and um, I was quite on fire for Jesus. And at the same time in Africa, there was a missionary, he was called Reinhard Bonke. And some of you may have known, heard of his name. And wherever Reinhard preached, hundreds and thousands of people got saved. And I was so excited. I was like, oh, Lord, this is exciting. Use Reinhard over there, use me over here, someone else over there. Everybody believes in Jesus. Revival happening, you can come back, amen, eternity, let's bring it on. But 20 years later, almost, it didn't happen, firstly, <laughs> like this. But what I also, and I also now look back and reflected on it, I actually think my heart was probably in the right place. I was just on fire for Jesus and in love with him and wanted the world to get to know him. But what I did not understand was how beyond his mission is. 
or beyond human understanding. It's like I, that I just can't grasp it. But yes, he's inviting me to participate in it. But only he knows when people are ready to hear. Only he knows when hearts are open to receive. But you and I are invited to participate in it. And it's not up for us to judge. It can be that you go out and you invite someone for 10 times and someone else comes along and invites them and finally the person sits here on the seat. And, this, and God is touching the person and it's coming. You have no idea. But all he's asking us to do is to participate in his mission and to be willing to be used by him. So pray, please pray how you are willing to be used by him. Participating in God's mission also involves standing up for justice in this world. If you study Jesus in the Bible, you cannot come around the fact that Jesus stood up for justice quite strongly in this world, massively. Proverbs 21.15 also says, when justice is done, it brings joy to the righteous, but terror to the evildoers. Micah 6.8 is a great verse to learn off by heart, by the way. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Our God is for justice in this world. We cannot go out into this world and, and see someone here in Lobethal down the road who is really suffering in their personal life and to say, you know what, Jesus loves to pray, amen, take that my job and go home and feel good about ourselves. This is not our Lord. This is not what Jesus would have done when he was on earth here. Luther preached justification by faith. But I believe people listened back then because Luther also stood up for many injustices that were happening in the society at the time. Amy Carmichael, a missionary in the southern part of India, served the poorest of the poor with her, hand, with her hands and her feet for many, many years before people were all saved. It all goes hand in hand together. We can't ignore the circumstances of people and just preach Jesus. They come together. So pray. Pray how you live your life. Pray how it affects you and your family. Pray how you spend your money, how you're willing, how you're willing to give, how generous you are, how your house is open for other people. Pray how you, can, how you use your time. And when you see someone, how you could practically help. And yes, be bold and share Jesus. Actually share why your heart is so generous. Because you know what? I know someone. And he has told me that he's the most generous person ever. And be bold and go out and do it. Jesus said in Matthew 25, Then the king will say to those on the right, Come you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invited you in, or needed clothes and clothed you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did for me. 
Stand up for justice in this world and live justice. Pray how you do that. Participating in God's mission also involves respecting his creation and caring for it. We have given a mandate in the beginning of creation and we have failed. Humanity has failed. We should care for the creation. In fact, we should help that all of creation is flourishing towards the glory of God. This is what we should do. And the last big W, when is it all fulfilled? As Jesus was on earth, he told his disciples that this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. As this is not the case yet, his mission is also not completed yet. And you and I are still part of his mission. We are still a part of his story. This hasn't finished. We are still a part of it. We need to understand how big this whole picture is. And it makes it quite exciting to believe that, you know what, we are actually part of his story, of his mission. Like he used Abraham, today he uses you. How ex how <laughs> I must drop my Bible. How excited is that? So God's mission is to restore, to renew, and to bring order all of creation back to him and to reconcile our relationship back with him. Romans 10, 14 to 15 says, How then, how then, will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And this preaching doesn't mean holding a mic here up in the front. That preaching means you and I going out and telling others in our day-to-day -day people about Jesus to preach his word, to be his disciples. So when you listen to all of this, say it again, what is the purpose of your life? And maybe stop asking and start living. And in whatever you do, bring glory to his name. You are part of a much, much bigger picture. A much bigger picture than we could ever fathom. And our Lord is in control. He's beyond everything. And he will also complete it. I got so excited that but just by the thinking of that it's not just us here in Lobotha or in Verdun or in Allgate or, or the Lutheran Church next door or whoever this is. And we are all people, we are all brothers and sisters in Christ and we should all be running this race together. Amen? But there's brothers and sisters all over the world who are also participating in this mission. Let's have a look on the screen.
Isn't that so exciting to see? Isn't that so good? So we are part of such a big picture. God has his people all over the world who are making disciples, who go out and to share his name. This is exciting. We've got some good news that we are carrying here. Like an answer to, to all the questions people are asking in their lives. Like Jesus is the answer. And we met him personally. So let's, let him shape our lives and let's be bold and go out. And the day will come when the prophecy of Revelation 7 will be fulfilled. And it says, after this, I looked. And there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people and language. Standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and they were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Are you joining into God's mission to see this fulfilled? That is the question I would like to send you home with. I pray that you pray over it. Let me pray for you. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, thank you so much, Lord, that just looking at world history, looking at the purpose of your mission, Lord, looking at what you are doing in this world at the moment, looking that your heart is to reconcile everything back to you, Jesus, that your heart is that we would know you, truly know you, a deep personal relationship with you, Lord, and to be reconciled back with you, Jesus. Looking at that you were 100% satisfied within yourself and yet you chose to create so we could experience a relationship with you, Lord. This is not just for all eternity, Jesus. This relationship is now. Lord, so I pray that every person here in this room, every person listening to this message later, every person, in fact, who is going to church today all over this world, Lord, learning about your name, Jesus, I pray that you would reveal more and more of who you are into their hearts. Jesus, I pray that the truth of the cross, of this radical moment in church history, Jesus, would be planted so deeply in their heart that it would be life-transforming, Lord. That we wouldn't spend our lives here on earth building our own little kingdoms. That we would be inwardly family focused only Lord but that we would look outwards to see what the world actually needs and that's a savior Jesus and so I pray that you help us reflect well on our lives Lord I pray that you help us to reflect on how we can live our lives in a way that it would be glorifying to you in everything we do Jesus Paul talked in the Bible and said talked about that we should pray continuously Lord in every moment Lord, I pray, Spirit, I pray that you teach us to do this, Lord. That we would be so aware wherever we are in every single moment that you are with us. And yes, we fail. And yes, we stuff up. And yes, we hurt people. And yes, we need to ask for forgiveness, Lord. You're all human. Jesus, but knowing the grace, knowing your grace, knowing that we've been forgiven first, Jesus, 
and knowing the freedom that is in it, knowing that we don't have to carry your mission, Lord, that you are carrying it and you are only inviting us to participate in it and to let you lead. Jesus, I pray that we would just be so filled with your spirit and with joy in our hearts, Lord, to tell others about you, that we would see this room here packed with people soon, Lord, not because of our own workings, Lord Jesus, but because your spirit is touching the people's lives here in the town of Lobotha, Lord, changing lives, giving answers to questions people are asking. Lord, we pray for your wisdom to be poured upon us, Lord. We pray for unity here within this church, Jesus. We pray for the leadership in this church. We pray that every single thing would be glorifying to your name, Lord. And that your name, your name would be worshipped on high. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people and boldly share the gospel, you can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving. We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.